Hi everyone, welcome to the 98 Teams Microcast. I'm Wasim Parkar. So after all the excitement of the Champions League returning, it's now time to turn our attention towards Europa League. Now for some, the Europa League round of 32 probably just emphasizes what a long tournament it is. After all, why is there an extra round of knockout football? I'm one of those that enjoy it. Yes, maybe it would be a better streamlined competition if it was straight into the round of 16. Uh, But there are plenty of good teams to watch. And I also find that from the round of 32 itself, if you establish a good rhythm, you can sort of get a hint at who the likely contenders and winners are going to come from. Uh, So there are some big teams over here. Obviously, eight teams dropped down from the Champions League. So you already have some Champions League quality teams in there. You also have teams that are doing really well in their domestic leagues this season. So there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, So one may ask, how do we identify the contenders? So what I will do is do something very simple. And this doesn't mean I'm close-minded, but I'm first of all going to look at the teams that are participating uh, from the big five leagues. Uh, Since 2010, the only team outside the top five leagues to have won the Europa League is Porto in 2011 when Andre Villas-Boas was their manager. Uh, But other than that, it has belonged to the big five. In fact, more than any other nation, it has belonged Uh, to Spain, with uh, very few finalists even coming from other countries. Uh, Of course, the competition's importance has increased in England ever since Champions League qualification has become a prize for it. You've seen the English teams starting to make the finals and Manchester United, of course, uh, even winning it in 2017. So I'm going to start purely uh, doing this in alphabetical order. England, France, Germany, Italy, Spain. So England has two representatives, as we all know, Arsenal and Chelsea. And I think both of them are in a bit of an interesting position because Arsenal and Chelsea are locked with Manchester United in a very tight race for Champions League qualification through the domestic campaign. Only one point separates the three teams. Arsenal and Chelsea themselves right now are fifth and sixth. Ideally, if you would have asked Unai Emery and Maurizio Sarri how they would have liked to qualify for the Champions League, I think both would have said we would have liked to have done it through the league. Uh, But the league is just so competitive at that top end. Two teams from that big six are bound to go. And the race uh, for fourth between United, Chelsea and Arsenal seems like it's going to go to the wire. So it's not like Unai Emery and Maurizio Sarri are in a position to disregard the Europa League at this moment because things are so tight they have to take the Europa League seriously now Arsenal of course have a manager that has won the Europa League three times in Unai Emery yes he won it three consecutive years with Sevilla so you'd think he'd be able to lend on that knowledge that experience that now he's gained from this competition if one were being very harsh some pundits may even say that the Europa League is actually the level at which Unai Emery can shine the most. So Arsenal definitely 
can draw on his experience. Whether they're good enough to win the Europa League with the injury crisis they have and with that defense they have right now is certainly something that will be debated later in the competition. But for now, in the round of 32, they have an easy draw against Bate Borisov. So you expect them to come through uh, and then they will be in the conversation uh, as uh, a contender to at least reach the semifinals of this competition. Chelsea have a, a squad. Uh, well, when you think about Eden Hazard, when you think about Jorginho, you think about Gonzalo Higuain, you're thinking this is a Champions League squad. But Chelsea, like Arsenal, are in a position where they really can't take the Europa League lightly. They have to take it seriously. And luckily for them as well, Malmo FC is a pretty winnable draw for them in the round of 32. Now, Maurizio Sarri, uh, when he was Napoli manager, sort of dismissed the Europa League last season when they finished third in their Champions League group. Uh, They looked... uh, to get out of the Europa League as quickly as possible. I don't think he can afford to take that chance right now. As everyone well knows, Chelsea are in a bit of a crisis. So uh, not only is this game against Malmo important for Chelsea to lay a claim, uh, but also just to ease uh, the tense atmosphere that's enveloping Stamford Bridge right now. So those are the two English clubs, Arsenal and Chelsea. I'd consider them contenders, especially because uh, they should be able to see out this round of 32. And then, you know, you get in that habit of winning European knockouts and you never know where you're going to go. France only has one representative in the round of 32, and that is Rennes. A very interesting team, uh, starting to find some form in Ligue 1 right now. Uh, They're sixth in the league. uh, Long shots at Champions League qualification from the league, but uh, very much in the picture for Europa League uh, qualification. Now... Ren realistically, I think, uh, don't have uh, any pretensions of winning the Europa League. Yes, they have some exciting players. The young Senegalese wide player Ismail Assar with pace to burn. And of course, uh, the mercurial uh, Hatim Ben Arfa. Very composed midfield of Benjamin Borigo and Benjamin Andre. Uh, but the problem for Ren is they have been drawn against Real Betis. Uh, Real Betis are having a very good season, especially in the Cups. Uh, under Kike Sechen and playing some very attractive football. Uh, Rena at home in the first leg, then away to Real Betis. I think Ren's uh, journey is going to end over here. And in France, this may be looked upon as a bit of a travesty. After all, in the last two seasons, they've had Lyon uh, in the Europa League semifinals and they've had Marseille actually make it all the way to the final last season where they lost to Atletico Madrid. But I'm expecting French interest in this competition to be done at this stage itself. Uh, Next up, Germany. Germany have two teams that are really interesting. And uh, I mentioned earlier about the Europa League maybe not being played with that same amount of tension and solidity that you sometimes see in the Champions League. And that allows sometimes more attacking, more free football to be played in the Europa League. And I think this is especially pertinent considering the two German teams that are uh, remaining in this competition. The first one is Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, The interesting thing over here is that Bayer Leverkusen are now managed by Peter Bosch. Peter Bosch, of course, was the manager of Ajax Amsterdam when they made the Europa League final against Manchester United in 2017. So he's another manager who knows how to succeed in this competition, who has pedigree in this competition. And Bayer Leverkusen, uh, okay, maybe 
they are not at the top tier of European teams. But when you consider German teams and Bundesliga teams, the squad that Bayer Leverkusen have, they should be in the Champions League. So I think they have more than enough to be at least a semi-finalist in the, in the Europa League. And Peter Bosch has them playing some exciting attacking football. They just beat Bayern Munich two weeks ago, 3-1 in an attacking display. They won 5-1 uh, away just last week uh, uh, against uh, Freiburg, playing some excellent attacking football. And they have the players who will enjoy Peter Bosch's attacking style. You've got Julian Brandt, Karim Bellerabi, the young 19-year-old Kai Havertz who has German fans drew uh, they've got a good forward in Lucas Alario, a good wide player in Leon Bailey. I think they have the potential to cause some serious damage in this competition. Yes, maybe defensively they're not the most sound and defense is not Peter Bosch's strength. But I think Bayer Leverkusen and Peter Bosch is a good mix for this Europa League. Now their opponents in the round of 32 are FC Krasnodar. Generally playing a Russian or Ukrainian team is never easy. The first leg is away in Russia. But if there's any time to face a Russian and Ukraine team, it's in February in Europe because they, of course, uh, have not yet resumed league action. So uh, FC Krasnodar or any Russian team or Ukrainian team don't have that match practice. So if you can catch them out cold this time, especially with the second leg at home for Bayer Leverkusen, uh, I think they should see out this time. Now, the other German team is Eintracht Frankfurt. And boy, have these guys excited us in the Europa League this season. They won all six games in the group stage. Yes, they won all six games in the group stage. They beat Lazio and Marseille home and away. In those four matches against Lazio and Marseille, they scored 12 goals, four each at home, twice away against Lazio and Marseille. This is not a team to be trifled with. And that attacking trio of Luka Jovic, Antti Rabic and Sebastian Heller has been scoring goals for fun this campaign. And I think they have an excellent manager in Adi Hucha. Now, uh, there are times when we sort of disregard achievements of managers in so-called lesser leagues. But Adi Hucha last season led young boys to the Swiss League title. Now, the Swiss League was won for nine consecutive years by FC Basel. But under Adi Hucha, young boys trumped FC Basel and that too by a significant margin. And you can see that Adi Hucha has made Eintracht Frankfurt a better team. He's made his players believe in himself. They play a very progressive pressing style. They're a lot of fun to watch. Again, like most German teams in the Bundesliga, they love attacking so much that they are defensively vulnerable. But the Europa League, and they've shown it by thrashing Lazio and Marseille, in the Europa League, you can get away with playing more attacking football, even at the cost of defensive certainty. The challenge, though, for Eintracht Frankfurt is their opponents are Shakhtar Donetsk, the 2009 Europa League champions. And Shakhtar are a very seasoned European team. They know how to play knockout football. Uh, they were in the Champions League. They got eliminated on the last day by drawing with Lyon at home. So Shakhtar definitely have the European experience. They have players who relish playing in the stage. Uh, and you would have to say on the basis of experience, Shakhtar Donetsk maybe are even favorites against Eintracht Frankfurt, even though I've been praising Eintracht like anything. Uh, the one good thing for Eintracht, though, is the second leg is at home. They have a fantastic atmosphere at home in Frankfurt. And again, just like Bayer Leverkusen, maybe they can catch Shakhtar out cold because Shakhtar haven't played league football recently because of the Ukrainian winter. Next up, the Italian team. So we've got three Italian teams, Lazio, Inter Milan, 
and Napoli. Uh, now, Lazio, of course, uh, they've been in contention for the Europa League in recent seasons. Uh, last season, they lost to uh, Salzburg in a crazy game. They were leading by two clear goals with uh, on aggregate with half an hour to go, and then they just collapsed completely. Lazio are the ultimate heartbreak team in Italy for the last two or three seasons. Every time they look like they're going to win a cup uh, or qualify for the Champions League, they fail very close to the end. The challenge again for Lazio, unfortunately, is they've been drawn against Sevilla, who are, of course, the team that have won the Europa League slash UEFA Cup more than any other team in its history. They're a team that love playing in this competition. So Lazio face a very, very big challenge. Uh, their first leg is at home. The second leg is away in Sevilla. Of course, Lazio can give any team a good game. A couple of weeks ago, they played Juventus, hammered them and still lost, which is kind of the Lazio story. So I'm expecting Lazio to give Sevilla a very, very tough game, especially at home. But I think they will face heartbreaking defeat just because Sevilla are that little bit better than them. One thing in Lazio's favor, though, is that Sevilla have had a very long campaign. Sevilla actually had to play three rounds of home and away ties just to qualify for the Europa League. So, a bit of fatigue is affecting Sevilla. We can kind of see that even in their La Liga campaign. Looks like they're going to qualify comfortably for the Champions League from La Liga. So, maybe we might see a situation where Pablo Machin thinks, okay, I need to prioritize one thing. And if it has to be the random nature of the Europa League, it's a knockout competition. If it has to be, maybe I should save the energy of the players for La Liga and maybe sacrifice Europa League. Now, that's not a thinking that is generally favored upon in Spain. Spain is one of those countries that just loves Europa League. Uh, but that would be Lazio's only chance. But on quality of teams, I'd have to say Sevilla have the edge in that. Inter Milan. Now, here's an interesting thing. Inter Milan pretty much blew Champions League uh, qualification to the knockout stages. They had it in their hands, despite not even playing at a very high standard. They had qualification in their hands for the Champions League down to 16. Instead, they collapsed and choked like Inter do and now they're in the Europa League. You get the sense that Inter fans aren't really happy to be in this competition but if I was Luciano Spalletti, I would take this competition seriously. A, you have the squad for it. B, they're not really barring a collapse. Of course, with Inter, you can never say barring a collapse with certainty. Uh, they're not really in danger of missing out on Champions League qualification from the league. See, I think if they take the Europa League seriously, win a few rounds of knockout football, I think that's going to enable them to develop a feel for European football, European nights, which I think will help them in future seasons in the Champions League. And D, I think Luciano Spalletti is under a bit of pressure. Inter just really haven't been playing good football this season. You know, they've been squeaking out results recently. They lost to Torino, they lost to Chievo, they, uh, they almost lost to Frosinone. Uh, they've been playing some very poor football and I think fans want some success. They're out of the Coppa Italia as well. So I think Inter would be uh, wise to take this competition seriously. And their opponents are rapid Vienna. Yeah, Inter are definitely going to be a much better team than then. So let's cross this hurdle first, the round of 32, and then see where Inter are at. But I see no reason why Inter shouldn't take this competition seriously. The third Italian team is Napoli. Now, I think most neutrals would agree that Napoli were extremely unfortunate uh, to go out from the Champions League group stages. Pretty much their only poor performance really was their last performance away at Anfield against Liverpool, and they paid the price for it. Uh, between 
Napoli, Liverpool, and PSG, if you looked at the games uh, as a whole, those four games between those three teams, many would have said Napoli were the best team, but uh, that's how things happen. Now, Carlo Ancelotti actually said we will take the Europa League seriously, which is refreshing to hear. And Napoli, again like Inter, they are no danger of being caught in second. They have no chance of catching UA in first. So why not take this competition seriously? They have the squad. And I also feel it's an element of prestige, you know, because for the last three or four seasons, a lot of neutrals have loved how Napoli have played football. Uh, uh, they've really won our hearts. But yet in the Champions League, they never even made a single quarterfinal. So why not get some European silverware? You know, the closest they came was under Rafa Benitez when they lost in the semifinals to Nipro Nepropetrovsk from Ukraine. I think that was uh, 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Napoli really have it in them. They have the squad. And Ancelotti is a player who uses his squad well. He rotates really well. He uses a lot of his players. I think... Napoli could emulate Atletico Madrid last season. Last season, Atletico Madrid were knocked out from a tight Champions League group. They took the Europa League seriously and won it because they had the quality. Napoli should set that as their benchmark. Anything other than a semi-final for me would be a massive, massive disappointment. And to the last of the big five leagues, Spain. Spain loves this competition like no other. You know, just in the last decade itself, Atletico Madrid have won the Europa League three times. Sevilla have won the Europa League three times. Uh, you know, they've always had teams that have taken this competition seriously. Rafa Benitez won it with Valencia. Espanyol have reached the finals uh, of this competition. Athletic Bilbao have reached the finals of this competition. Celta Vigo reached the semifinals two seasons ago. So in Spain, uh, they really love this competition. And there are four teams, no surprises over here. I've already talked about Sevilla. Sevilla have the pedigree. Sevilla have a tricky opponent in Lazio. Uh, measuring the quality of the squads, I would say Sevilla are the better team, but I'll just reiterate one more time, fatigue could play a factor for Sevilla uh, in this competition. So I'm not establishing them as outright favorites as I usually would do because of their pedigree in this competition. Betis, I talked about them already also when I mentioned Ren. So they're playing Ren, Real Betis are playing some fantastic football this season. They were so good in the group stages. They beat AC Milan in the San Siro very comfortably. They have an exciting, talented team of technical players. Giovanni Lo Celso, Sergio Canales, Loren Moron. A lot of fun to watch. The veteran Joaquin on the wing still doing his stuff. William Carvalho, solid defensive midfielder. The one problem that Betis have, I would say, is that the defense uh, isn't necessarily the best. And sometimes they play beautiful possession football, but in the final third they don't have a striker who's a guaranteed goal scorer, so that might come to harm them. But Betis have beaten Barcelona this season. They had Real Madrid on the rocks. Uh, the other challenge for them is they're in the middle of an absorbing Copa del Rey semi-final. Their first leg against Valencia, they drew two all at home. So it's all to play for away. So maybe they might be distracted by that. I do think they still have enough in them to beat Ren. The other Spanish team, other two Spanish teams, of course, local rivals, Valencia and Villarreal. Now, if you'd have asked me in January, do Valencia have a chance of winning the Europa League? I would have said no. But they've turned the table completely. They're playing 
excellent football now. They drew at the No Camp 2-2 just last week. They're playing ex- they've reached the semifinals of the Copa del Rey. They were on the verge of being eliminated from it. They needed two goals to survive against Hetafe in the quarterfinals. They scored two goals in injury time and made it to the semifinals. The whole club is feeling revitalized again. Yes, they were a bit bummed out from missing out uh, from the Champions League group stages. If they would have beaten FC Zurich, they could have gone ahead of Manchester United into the round of 16. But I think because the club is playing so positively now, people have forgiven them, the fans are on board. There's a big sense of momentum growing. And Valencia also have pedigree in this competition. Now, they have a somewhat on paper tricky tie away to Celtic in the first leg. I do think on balance, though, uh, by the time the second leg comes around, even if Celtic somehow in that amazing atmosphere win the first leg, I think Valencia have just too much quality to uh, beat Celtic. Villarreal, interestingly, Europa League regulars in 2016, they reached the semi-finals, they lost to Liverpool, they won the first leg 1-0 but ended up losing 3-0 at Anfield. They also have the pedigree in this competition. But the challenge for Villarreal is that they are actually in the relegation zone in La Liga. It's unbelievable, folks. Yes, they're having a very bad campaign. There's two ways to look at it. When you're having such a miserable campaign, the Europa League might give you that escape, you know, that sort of like happy medium. Or the other way to look at it is we have to stave off relegation, forget the Europa League. I just think there's so much quality in this team that despite being in the relegation zone, they can balance both competitions. After all, you only need to win two games in a league and you can get out of the relegation zone. I think Villarreal have that quality. They do have a tricky opponent, though, Sporting Lisbon, who themselves are going through something uh, of a very mediocre league campaign, though they did win the League Cup about 10 days ago in Portugal. So there's a little bit of buoyancy over there. Uh, but it is a tricky tie. Two teams not in really good form uh, playing against each other. Uh, so let's see how that unfolds. So I've mentioned the contenders from the top five leagues. Are there any outsiders who might be dangerous? Uh, I'd say maybe Benfica. Of course, Benfica reached the finals twice, back to back in 2013 and 2014, losing to Chelsea once and then losing to Sevilla. Uh, they always take this competition seriously. They have a bit of a tricky tie against Galatasaray. And of course, Salzburg. Yeah, last season's semi-finalists, very good team. Uh, a team that's really built for the Champions League, uh, but do very well in the Europa League. They finished comfortably top in a group featuring Celtic and RB Leipzig, so they're not to be trifled with. So, in summation, a lot of interesting teams. Yes, not Champions League standard, of course, but a lot of interesting teams, a lot of interesting storylines, and also a lot... Uh, that will determine success or failure for many clubs that are involved in this competition. There's a lot riding on it. So let's roll on, bring on the Europa League round of 32, and I hope we all get to watch some excellent football. For now, this is Wasim Parkar signing out.